Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 142, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday evening. If you've never seen the show before, this is our once-weekly live show. We drink beer, we talk tech, and uh, usually end with a little bit of Star Trek. Uh, let's see. We do drink beer on the show, although it is a family-friendly show in both language yep. and content. If you are drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat early in the show, and we give, we, we will give some early show shout-outs. And if you have a super chat, all of those will be read on the air, assuming they are appropriate. Mm-hmm. How's it going, everyone? Steve. Yes. yes. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen you. I know. Well, we skipped we skipped a week for me. Yeah. So it's been a month and a week. Yeah. Um, I finally got to come back on the show. So I counted it up the other day. This is our 22nd remote show. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's how long quarantine has been. Yeah, I know. Well, 22 we got it down, down packed pretty good. I mean, yeah. It's a few there was a few hookups at the beginning, but it's it's pretty works pretty good now. Yeah. All right. All right. Now I really need a beer. Yes, yes, we do. That's uh, what I was saying. What, 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 why don't you? Here, I'll do mine. I'll, I'll do mine. You can. Yeah, you, you go for it. You All go right. For so it. first, I got uh, a hazy IPA from Level. Uh, every okay. Level they they do like the computer themed or uh, game game theme retro game themed beers a lot. This is a winner is you, which is in <laughs> reference to the famous um, pro wrestling from Nintendo. Yep. Which I had that game. I loved that game. <laughs> Uh, this one called a mindless philosopher. It's a fruited gose uh, from Sasquatch. So I, it doesn't say what fruit. It just right. says fruited. Just, yeah. They probably just took leftover fruit scrappings and dumped it in the beer. So I expect this to not taste very good. Little strawberry, uh, pear, it, peach you know, who puree. Knows? It's just fruited. It was fruit. Whatever was left from the baby food. Yeah. And this I got uh, a series of tubes. So. <laughs> Uh, it kind of looks like the old Windows uh, uh, screensaver. Pretty sure Al Gore had a hand in that one. Yeah, I think he did. This is this is cryo hopped uh, New England style IPA. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, I've got. Uh, I grabbed two out of the fridge, and we'll see if I uh, make it to a third. But uh, uh, I figured I wanted to go with a little Christmas in July, so I've got a Lewitt German Winter Strong Ale with vanilla and cardamom. Uh, hmm. It's a 9% 30 IBU. Uh, and Lewitt is, where are they at? Vancouver. Yeah, they're in Vancouver. I can never remember Lewitt. There's like a, two or three breweries that are like in the area. I can yeah. never. Well, there's there's Lewitt, there's Heathen, and then there's another one that's uh, over there in Vancouver that's fairly fairly new. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I've got uh, one that I got in the package from... Uh, Jason, uh, from Free State Beer, it's Yakamaniac IPA. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Yakamaniac? Yeah. Yakamaniac. All right. Um, where's the IBV on? ABV on this one? Uh, says it has a lot of hops, although the last Free State that said had a hop, had a flavor profile on right. it was completely wrong. Yeah, I know. It was like not even close. Uh, this says it's 7.5%. Yeah. And and again, I don't know if you can see this. Um, I can, yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, so their ABV chart is just a scale with an X on it. And it's not anywhere close to exact. Okay. 
Okay, so they're just guessing at this point? Yeah, so it's like, it's about 7%, yeah. 7 trending 8. They, they forgot <laughs> to take the gravity at the beginning. They're like, eh, we're just going to guess. Yeah, yeah, it'll be yeah close we're, enough. we're just... We're just spitballing at this point. Well, they'll experiment by just drinking and see how fast they get drunk. They're like, oh, this feels like a 9%. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to crack one open. Steve, you do the same. Yeah, I'm going to. I think uh... I think I'm going to do the mindless philosopher first because I don't really have a lot of high hopes for it. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Yakamaniac. Oh. Uh, and that's a that's a hot pour or a hot. Uh, yeah. Hot can warm that's just and the can also bent in shipping there we go managed to get it open it bent right alongside the tab so it didn't really right. crack hmm it smells like a gose i don't smell the fruited part though Um, it looks pretty. Yeah, not it's not horrible. It, I can see why they call it fruited because I I can't distinguish what fruit is in here. Yeah. It's just kind of tart a little bit. It's fruitish. It's fruitish. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I still don't know what kind of fruit so, is in here. So this says Yakimaniac's hop obsessed fusion of Centennial and Citra hops conjures flavors and aromas of tropical fruit and citrus in a lightly hazy golden hued IPA. Um. Okay, I, yeah, I see I, that. I, yeah, I get the I get, I get I that, that in the, in the visual. Yeah, it smells a little bit hazy. It's got a little okay. little pungent on the nose. You know, I said this in my review because uh, mm -hmm. I, I reviewed a three state beer on uh, I think my last episode, my last right. uh, uh, craft computing show. Mm -hmm. Um. Free State, the, the last beer that they that I reviewed from them said a tropical, you know, a, a blast of tropical hops or something right, like that. Right, yeah. And I said, what is tropical to you? Santa Fe? You know, <laughs> San Antonio? <laughs> it's like, like yeah. This the, is more the, South Texas than it is like Caribbean. And uh, Al Albuquerque sidewalk? Is that what And that's where we are again. Yeah. Um, this is like a grassy, dank hop. There there ain't no citrus yeah. in here. And, and yet again, it's, it's you know... Uh, Centennial and Citra hops conjures flavors and aromas of tropical fruit and citrus. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I mean, there there are some uh, uh, you know beers that do have like a tropical flavor from the different tropical type hops, and they may just be like throwing, oh, here's some citra in there, so there's some tropical hops in there, but then they throw some like cheap grassy like. CTZ yeah. or something in there, some really, really big bittering hops in there that just you know you know what this tastes like? This tastes like um block fifteen. Oh yeah. This is a very dank block fifteen yeah. beer. Okay. So if you've ever had something block fifteen, especially in their um they have a series of beers. They have their hemp beers and they've got a couple yeah. others. Um that's what this is. This is oh, yeah. this is a dank, dank IPA. Okay. So sometimes I like those, sometimes I don't. I've had one that was just so dank I had a hard time finishing it. It was just not good. <laughs> and apparently I forgot to change the uh, Lawrence Systems background. So you are Lawrence Systems as of now, but hey, check oh, this out. Oh, hey, all right. Nice, check there it out. is. Um, I actually made you one, so I have a, oh, a Polo Diablo popping up here in just a second. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got my own 
frame. Let's see. Yep. Lawrence Systems. Should be up there in just a second. All right, we'll wait. Oh, I'll yep. see what happens. Well, while we're waiting, yeah. uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into our first story. Sure. Uh, so is there a new co-host requirement to wear the support craft shirt? Because <laughs> <laughs> Tom did last week, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I'm not so vain that I'm going to require every guest to wear it. Well, this is the first show that I had since I had the shirt, so I thought right, I would wear it. Right. I try to mix it up quite a bit with my t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think next time I'm on, I'll find the boldest, rattiest t-shirt I have and just wear that. <laughs> uh, there it is. There's El Polo Diablo. There it is. There it is. The glorious El Carsman. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's start it out. Uh, so... We've all heard of the low-cost VPNs, and I've warned a number of times about low-cost VPNs, and not only low-cost VPNs, but low-cost services in general. Services, yes, and just in general. You always get what you pay for. You get what you pay for, and especially with service providers. Mm -hmm. If if the product is free, you are the product. Yes. Um, And in the case of, like, low-cost VPNs or zero-cost VPNs, that's exactly it, too. Um, no one is going to spin up a VPN architecture and, and, and an infrastructure required for it and make it free. Yeah. There, there's so much cost involved in that. You have to recoup the money somewhere mm-hmm. and it's not from users using your service for free. Well, UFO, um, is a low cost VPN provider. Yeah. Um, and one of their, uh, their hallmarks is we're a, a no log VPN provider. We don't. Log, no log any connections, no authentications, nothing. And it's in their terms of service. It's in it's in all of their literature. Um, well, that's interesting because they just leaked 1.2 terabytes of user logs. <laughs> this is where we need that Mari Povich meme right here. The, oops. The oops <laughs> has determined that that's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is not just UFO VPN. This was, what was it? Seven different providers. Yeah. Cause uh, like, cause like these smaller VPNs, they tend to piggyback onto a bigger, uh, VPN, mm-hmm. VPN structure. Right. So it wasn't just UFO. It was a lot of other smaller VPNs that also got their stuff leaked. Um, right. I personally did not recognize any of them. In fact, I never even heard of UFO VPN until now. I've heard of UFO VPN. In fact, I believe they reached out to me a year ago or so and asked okay. if they could do ads on the channel. And I'm like, I've never heard of you. And I'm not going to pimp yeah. a security service if I've never heard of you. Yeah. Um, you know, you said, and I'm glad I didn't now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, no doubt. I, I, I do have some integrity, believe it or not. <laughs> You're gonna have to have to strike that video from your record if you ever did that. You're by like, the way, Talking Heads brought to you by Rage Shadow Legends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really do play that game right. <laughs> on the toilet for like five minutes. Yeah, but Listen. anyway, one of their claims was we are a no log VPN. Them and and the other seven providers that yeah. uh, apparently leaked 1.2 terabytes worth of user logs. Yeah, that's not a small amount. That's not an insignificant number. Um, and, it, and it wasn't just like. IP addresses and stuff like that. It was legit. It was like, traffic. Right. It was it was traffic. It had locations. It mm-hmm. had plain text passwords was in there. Um, there was all kinds of stuff that was really really bad. Yep. Um, I I'm not too sure how they're gonna recover from something like this, but they right. did say they fixed it. So I don't know. Free service. They also said it was no log. Uh, to be they, fair. They, yeah. They, to, yeah. But they claimed oh. Oh, this log was just here for uh, speed tests. We're just doing, you know, efficiency tests and stuff like that. No and then log? It's supposed to be. 
means anonymous. no log. Yeah, no log means no log. Uh, anonymous doesn't doesn't fall into no log. No log means no log. And if your yeah. terms say no log, there should never be a log. And there was 1.2 terabytes of log. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> it's thick, it's heavy, it's wood. It's log. Right. It's better than um, bad, it's good. So, so according to the register, uh, the, the data was uh, clear text passwords, personal information, and list of websites visited all for anyone to stumble upon mm -hmm. um, on a publicly accessible site. Um, uh, it also included timestamps, location information, device characteristics, and OS versions of all the uh, web domains accessed mm -hmm. and ads which were injected into the browsers by UFOs free tiers. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> um, so again, UFO, one of the free tiers that they offer is an ad supported service, kind of like right. the old net zero, you know, watch, yeah. watch three 30 second ads and get an hour of browsing. Yeah. Um, kind of the same thing. Uh, so all of that data was recorded, logged, and then put into a file in plain text. Yep. That's a problem. That is a problem. Um, so, uh, the response by UFO said, quote, in this server, all collected information is anonymous and can only be used for analyzing the user's network performance and problems to improve service quality. So far, no information has been leaked. Mm -hmm. Did they read the log file? Yeah, no, that's a lie. <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely contained non-anonymous information, people's names and, and, and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Um, well, every, pretty much everything but their name. But if they typed their name in at some point, their name was recorded. Um, I mean, uh, even if you're on like an HTTPS website, the header, so your title page is still mm -hmm. unsecured. And yeah. so if you log into Gmail, it says, you know, craftcomputing at gmail.com. Yeah, they know the exactly header. where you're going. Yeah, they know, you know, yeah, the information contained within the web page mm -hmm. is all encrypted, but they knew you, they can tie craft computing to that log in at that point and yep. you're no longer anonymous no, yep you're no longer anonymous browsing anymore so be careful who you use yep. for a vpn provider and yeah. uh make sure they've been audited by a third party <laughs> yeah i mean well these Repeatedly. guys weren't it wasn't it well i guess apparently how it came about that they were discovered is was a lot due to the covid oh, mm -hmm. i don't know it's okay to say that now i don't remember yeah, whatever <laughs> I don't care on the show anymore. Okay. I honestly, uh, it's been 22 weeks. I know. <laughs> but uh, because people started working remotely, um, they had to open up uh, some more things. And they didn't exactly explain what, but because of this more uh, open network, that's where the logs started being searchable by, uh, what was it? It was, um, I never heard of it before, but apparently it does in-depth searches, technical things and tries to poke something, something. I don't know, but it got picked up by, by, a, by a, a search engine. And that's yeah. how they found it. <laughs> Their log files was picked up by a search engine. Yeah. <laughs> not great. Not, no, not a great not look. Not great. Not good at all. Especially for a company that's supposed to keep your internet history or internet browsing um, anonymous and not logged. Yeah. Reminds me of the old SNL sketch with uh, Eli Manning. Uh, well, I'd like to uh, insert or uh, add to evidence, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Manning's uh, internet browse history. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather just confess to the murder. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just want to do this now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was the that was the thing. It's like, 
Everybody, everybody has, does death, death scenes, deathbed scenes. Oh, here's my password. Please delete my history yeah. when I go. Yeah, the the health bracelet that says delete my browsing history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we could all use one of those at some point. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, oh, did I not copy this one? I didn't. Hold on. Thought I did, but it's not there. Oh, is the next one? Yeah. Oh yeah, this one was was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so Samsung made the news this week mm -hmm. um, for an issue that cropped up a little over a month or six weeks ago, mm -hmm. and has been kind of been progressively getting worse for Samsung. Yes. Um, and the issue is a particular Blu-ray player that was made in 2015 suddenly just died in mass. Yep. So uh, basically, what happened was you had this Blu-ray player from Samsung. You put a disc into it. Uh, you uh, turn the player on. It would go out and grab an update, and then it would reboot itself, and then it would reboot itself, and then and it would reboot, reboot itself. itself and keep rebooting. It'd be <laughs> stuck in a boot loop. Right. Yeah. Um, so apparently, Samsung issued an XML file to uh, this model of Blu-ray player, and this model of Blu-ray player executed the XML file with no verification or, yeah, or no any nothing. system checks or yeah. or way out of it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this particular XML file caused the Blu-ray player to crash on yep. startup, um, yep. which then rebooted the Blu-ray player in which it parsed the XML file again, and then it crashed again. And it crashed again, again because it, 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 it wasn't that the XML was badly formed. It was, it was formed okay. It wasn't like missing a tag or anything like that. It's that there was an empty tag where I guess the system was expecting it not to be empty. It could not right. be null, but right. it was coming back null, right. which would which would basically crash it. And right. they don't have a way of uh, updating or flashing that thing externally. There was no right. way. Right. Uh, so because, it essentially bricked it. Yeah, it, it bricked the devices because uh, it parses that XML file before it can reach out to the internet yep. and get an updated XML file. Yep. Um, so it does, it boots like halfway to the main menu and then crashes. Yep. Um, and, uh, this started being, uh, documented on, on Reddit and YouTube, uh, as, as long as about five or six weeks ago. Um, and before long, thousands upon thousands of, of these, uh, complaints started rolling into yep. Samsung and to various internet forms. Mm -hmm. Um, and Samsung goes, ah, I don't know. <laughs> um, so to Samsung's credit, they are stepping up. They are saying, we made a mistake. We bricked yeah. your players. Yeah. Uh, you can mail them in for free and we will repair them for free. Yeah. Uh, so there is a forum that you can submit and get a, a prepaid shipping thing. And... Which kind of sucks. I mean, it'd be nice. It's like, hey, just give me a new one. Come on, guys. <laughs> right. Just just send one out. Just, Honestly, just send me that, a new one. Come on. It's at, only a couple at, years old. It can't be that much different. At some point, that's almost got to be cheaper for Samsung. Yeah, I know. So I don't know. I mean, they're 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 riding the old in the old uh, Apple pony of uh, yeah. you know we don't want to repair anything. Right. Uh, well, they they the guy who who kind of discovered it because uh, I guess he's kind of a, a you know embedded hardware type of guy. He finally figured out what to, how to how to actually flash the storage, but you had to like open it up, find the headers, uh, solder in some some wires or something like that just to get it to connect. Mm -hmm. Because there's no external way of doing it, and um, and if that's what the Samsung people have to do to fix it, 
that's got to be kind of labor intensive to do all of those. Right. And at that point, is the labor worth more than just giving these guys a brand new DVD player? Yeah, I don't know. Right. Well, it all depends on how many. I mean, if we're talking, yeah. you know, 20, 30,000 shipped units, which yeah. isn't inconceivable. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a lot of, I mean, that's a $15 million hit. Yeah, I mean, when you start adding it up, I mean, that's that's big money to, to Samsung. It is. I mean, it it's is. not the worst thing in the world. Samsung's no. obviously got the cash, but uh, do you want to have to write off fifteen million dollars for the company, or would you rather yeah. spend three million dollars in in mitigation? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it all it every service response comes down to dollar and cents. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, from the numbers that I see, I'm not shocked that they didn't just say, "Oh, I just." If you're affected, we'll just send you a new one. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe people just really loved that player. I don't know. They put they put googly eyes on it and gave it a name, and they just didn't, yeah. really didn't really didn't want to part with it. Yeah, I I have a Blu-ray player. It's in our bedroom, and it's the only mm-hmm. it's the only optical reader I have in the house. I, think I, that's, I have a, oh, me I have too, a couple yeah. out in the garage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to watch a Blu-ray, it's it's got to be on on the bedroom too. Yeah. I I. I've never used my Blu-ray player. I think I've used it maybe twice to actually watch a Blu-ray movie. Yeah. Uh, um, I had, going back a couple of years, um, I had a Mitsubishi Mm 57-inch DLP screen. Mm -hmm. um, And I had the whole 3D kit for it as well. So I had the Blu-ray 3D, and I had the glasses and the emitters Mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Not that I had bought into the technology, but I got the TV for a really good deal, and it came with all of it. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Be fun. Well, um, 3D action. Right. Uh, yeah. I think I ever watched two movies on that. I think I watched Despicable Me and Avatar. Oh. <laughs> no, three, no, no 3D porn, huh? No 3D porn. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, between porn and COVID, we're definitely demonetized yeah. now. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving on to kind of the story of last week that is uh, the story that keeps on giving, and that is the Twitter hack. Yes. Um, that, uh, boy, if there's ever a, a zero-day hack that could have more ramifications or bad publish, you know, yes. bad publicity for a company. Yep. Boy. <laughs> this is really bad, especially for a major company like Twitter and the amount of people that use it, all the verified accounts that use it, and especially since the hack definitely affected the big verified accounts. This This is a massive black eye for Twitter. Um, It really is. Um, So the story came out, uh, it was last Thursday, or no, it was Wednesday that it happened. It was, so it was a week ago today, Mm because I talked about it with Tom last week. Um, So yeah, a a week ago today, there were hundreds of compromised Twitter accounts. Most of them highly verified, um, you know, Barack Obama, Bill Gates. Yeah, Elon Musk. Elon Musk, go down the list. Um, uh, Joe Biden mm-hmm. uh, that had their Twitter accounts compromised and were tweeting out, um, hey, I've decided to give back because of COVID. Send me Bitcoin and I'll double the amount in donation. Yeah. Um, which, first off... <laughs> that's that's very scammy right there. But it comes from verified accounts, right? When right. you see someone like Elon Musk who kind of talks up Bitcoin to begin with, you think, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a legit. I don't know. It's a verified account. When I saw Elon Musk, I went, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. 
Maybe. When I saw Jeff Joe Bezos. Biden, no way. <laughs> when I saw Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. No. No, no, no. No. No, there's no way. That's when I knew it was fake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. This was such a massive scam. Um, just as of last week, there was $675,000 that was sent to a, a Bitcoin wallet. I, I think I think it was updated. I didn't see the final number. There was an updated number, I think, in the article. I think it's up in the 100,000 100, now. Yeah. Um, I think it was in the... Uh, let me seven, see. Uh, seven, eight. 118,000. That was way more than that. It was 675 at time of publication. Oh, was Wednesday. it really? Okay, yeah. this, then this article must be old. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, seventh July seventeenth. So yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay. Then it's the six hundred six hundred now. Wow. Yeah. Apparently Jeff Dunham also. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that guy strikes me as someone who's really into Bitcoin. Really into Bitcoin. Oh yeah. I mean, if it's Ahmed, I mean that's that's one thing. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. Jeff? Nah. No. No. And peanuts all about dog coin anyway. Uh, <laughs> Dodge coin, yeah. Dodge coin. Dodge coin. Um, so uh, this came out just a couple of days ago, uh, or I guess on Saturday morning, uh, that there was a little bit of a postmortem where Twitter verified that attackers got a hold of 130 accounts in Wednesday's breach. Mm -hmm. And that's bad enough. Um, but they said... Uh, based on what we know, we believe approximately 130 accounts were targeted by the attackers in some way as part of the incident. For a small subset of these accounts, the attackers were able to gain control of the accounts and send tweets from those accounts. Well, we know it was upwards of 50 or 60 that actually sent the Bitcoin messages out. Yeah. Um, and so for a small subset, 50 or 60 is not a small subset of 130 accounts, especially yeah. when you consider the following of those 130 accounts that were compromised. Yeah. Um, we're working with impacted owners and will continue to do so over the next several days. Um, and then we have been taking aggressive steps to secure our systems and investigations are ongoing. Da, 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 da. Um, so, you know, four days mm -hmm. after the attack, Twitter still wasn't all that forthcoming about what actually happened. And in the case of a massive hack like this, you better get out in front of the story. Yeah. Um, you better, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, and you come clean. Because... Yeah, and they, they didn't know what was going on when it first happened. They right. locked down everybody. Any, every verified account was locked out. It took them for four a and a half hours to, yeah. to, do, to even make a comment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this was an insanely poor response by Twitter. Obviously, you know, let's use a, a line from COVID, you know, un, uh, unprecedented times in, in our, yeah. our, our great, but, 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 you know, this was a poor response from Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I struggle to give them a D minus um, yeah. because the only thing they could have done worse is ignore, ignored it completely. Yeah. You, you cannot ignore the gravity of that breach for four and a half hours. Yep. <laughs> I know. You got to get ahead of it right away. Right. Uh, so uh, couple, about a day later, uh, Twitter came out with a little bit of a postmortem that said the hackers had almost limitless, limitless access yes. yeah. to the accounts that they compromised. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently, yeah, they got a hold of... of and it's still not super clear how they did, but they have like access to the internal tools, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, so what they say is this was a 
targeted social engineering attack against uh, some higher up engineers within Twitter and they uh, accessed internal tools meant to manage Twitter's accounts. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is that the way in which they took over these accounts bypassed two-factor authentication. Yeah. That's the concerning point. That's a very concern because bypassing uh, two-tier authentication is not easy. It, it's it's doable, but it it's not easy at all, depending mm -hmm. on how, how they do the two-tier authentication. I'm not too sure. I mean, if it's, if it's, you know, related to a device, did they spoof the device? Like how, how do they, how do they do that? I mean, I guess they're really, really sketchy on the details. They're, they're they still very sketchy on the details. The only thing Twitter has come clean on is that they got access to an internal tool. Mm -hmm. Um, and they managed to change passwords, reset the email, uh, two factor password, and the users were never notified. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's frightening. Yeah. Because there should be absolutely no admin tool for a service like this mm -hmm. that bypasses authentication. There has to be a check and balance somewhere uh -huh. um, that, um, you know, because Twitter has, you know, emails and phone numbers. And so you should have access to one of the two if you need to verify. Yeah. And you should have to, from one of those recipients check your two-factor authentication to give the account to someone else or to change anything internally yeah. with your two-factor. Yeah, two of course, factor. yeah. And that was not done. The mm -hmm. internal tool just changed. It just, yeah, it just went bypassed it all. Right. Yeah. And so as poor as their response was, their internal administration of their accounts, that's inexcusable. Yeah. That is absolutely inexcusable. Um. Uh, Tyler, do you think it's time that we have decentralized identity? Um, yeah. I think that would be great if we can do that. Right. Uh, number one, you have to get total buy-in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, but I mean, we I've talked on the show before how social security numbers were never intended to be an, a universal Universal's, identifier for yeah. people. They were yeah. meant to be just that, your social security identification number that verified that you paid social security over your work career right. and you were eligible for it at at the time it was what 54. Yeah. But it <laughs> just became 67. it just became universal and then everybody used it as as an identifier. Right. And all it of a sudden it's a credit adopted. check yeah. and, yeah. and and whatnot. Um and uh yeah, it's it was never meant to be what it's been utilized to be, and no one has gotten out in front of it and said we need a better system. Yeah, yeah, because identity theft and stuff like this, it'll if we do have decentralized breaches like this are not going to be as bad. Right, stuff like this won't be won't be won't be as as severe. Right. So, yeah, decentralized would be great. Um, you know, going with a, a cryptographic, you know, blockchain, et cetera, for, mm -hmm. or for universal identification, for mm -hmm. everything that's, you know, personal about you and whatnot. The downside is if that's ever breached, that's a little bit harder to repair, to contain yeah. and repair. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a weird situation where, um, uh, I was legally adopted. I have an amended birth certificate. And my amended birth certificate has a different spelling of one of my names than my than my original official birth certificate and my social security card. Um, and all of all of my identification paperwork is for 
the original spelling, but apparently somewhere in the adoption paperwork it got messed up. And legally, my name had changed as of the adoption paperwork because that's a new birth certificate. Was it Jeff with the G? Well, let's say yes. Let's okay. say yes. You have no idea. Um, yeah, but uh, there's a different spelling of my name, and that's a different legal name than what yeah. I use as my legal name and what Social Security has as a legal name. And no one can change it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be able to go to Canada. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you really want to go to Canada. I mean, right. Well, I, mean, I was got... going to go to LTX this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But no, I, that I got was, canceled. I was yeah. scheduled to go. Yeah. Well, you know, I could always smuggle you in the trunk or something like that. Mm -hmm. When we pass, pass the border, we'll just, uh, I mean, they're, they have Mounties. They're, they're on horses. We're in cars. How are they going right. to catch us? We'll just go fast. They have one horsepower. My Archer, car has Why more. would they be on horses? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume that you're using some kind of halberd. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, uh, like I said, I struggled to give Twitter anything more than a D minus, and in fact, I really yeah. want to lean F uh, for number one, the response, and definitely an F for their internal management. Yeah. Um, that is absolutely asinine. Yeah. That. Number one, the hack even took place, but number two, that the hackers had the amount of access they mm. did with that one internal tool, and you couldn't shut them down. Right. There was nothing, so. nothing they can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of people speculate, and and I think it's been verified today. I thought. Yeah. That that the that the releasing of the Bitcoin tweet was kind of like a zero day burn. Let's let's burn this sucker. Right. And so who knows how long they had access before they did that. They probably figured, okay, let's go in, let's get as much data as we can, download whatever. And there's been speculation that that they had access to the DMs, and mm -hmm. I think it was validated today that yes, yeah. they did have uh, access that to they, DMs. That they directly accessed at least 36 victims DMs included mm -hmm. a, one of an elected official. Um, yeah. And so this could have very well been Let's distract him with the Bitcoin thing yeah. while we're accessing all the rest of the data. Yeah. So let's have him chase something else. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of speculation about that because, um, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. This is what's called a zero-day burn. You, yeah. you find an exploit, you get what you need out of it, and then you torch the door behind you. Yep. So number one, the next guy can't do it. And number yep. two, they can't find you yep. when you're done. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, direct quote from CNBC, the hackers accessed 36 direct message inbox, including one of an elected official in the Netherlands, Twitter said. Direct messages are similar to phone text messages because again, this is a CNBC article. Uh, <laughs> um, and are generally presumed to be, to be private. Um, generally uh, believed to be private. <laughs> yep. Uh, Twitter's disclosure on Wednesday, on Wednesday complicates an already murky picture about who the attackers were and what they were after. Um, end quote. So, yeah. Uh, in fact, the CNBC article says they only collected 121,000. It was more than that. More than that. Okay. The, the, the number that I saw last week was 675. Because mm -hmm. um, people were watching that Bitcoin wallet, <laughs> let oh, me yeah. tell you. Um, and if I'm wrong on that, maybe I'm wrong, but, um, yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, well, at least you're, you, you weren't verified, so it didn't affect you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
Yeah. Uh, thanks to CNBC for explaining what a DM is. <laughs> I uh, would have never known. Hey, you'd be surprised. Some people don't know. People throw around mm -hmm. acronyms all the time. They're like, well, what's that? Yeah. A Twitter DM, similar to a text message on your cell phone. <laughs> oh, a text message. Okay, I get it now. Which is kind of like a real-time email. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a telephone call, but with text. Why don't you just call them? <laughs> oh. We're turning into our parents, Steve. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, moving right along. Yeah, next one. How's your beer doing? Um, it's getting low. I, I'm not like super thrilled with it, but it's not yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, you it's know, kind of where I'm at here. In fact, um, this one's starting to taste. Uh, so again, my review of the last Free State beer that I had, I don't even re remember what the beer was called because it was that bad. It was that yeah. unmemorable. Um, yeah. Where it was like, it's an IPA. It was something yeah. that I, I'd expect out of Sierra Nevada or early stone right. kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's like, it's a West Coast IPA. Yeah. Just um, IPA. This is a West Coast IPA with a little bit of like hazy funk added mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And just like the last one, I'm tasting like clover and dirt. Yeah. And the see, last I, one, it was like oregano and dirt. I, I really don't like that dirt flavor. There's been a few... My mouth is almost build. gritty right now. Yeah. I hate that there's a certain hop, too, that, that there's some places that use it almost have, like, mm -hmm. a pickle flavor to it, like a pickle juice flavor. Yep. Can't stand one, it. One of John's favorite, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> pickle beer. Pickle beer. Oh. Although he said he has an extra one for me. I don't mind, because the, the, a couple pickle beers I've had, they're okay. Um, it didn't have a super pickly flavor. It almost tasted more like cucumber than anything, but... Apparently, he says this one's like really, really pickly, so I'll try it. Yeah. Uh, LTX is nothing but a science fair. Yeah, it's kind of why I wanted to go. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Sounds like fun. Hanging out with a bunch of really cool people all day. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with that? Just remember, Bite My Bits got all that beer from a gas station in Kansas. <laughs> Was um, it a, a come and go? Right. <laughs> probably a come and go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, actually, he tried to sneak a malt beverage in on me. Oh, did he? I, I'm, I'm going to totally call him out on this because, yeah, there's one beer I was looking at in, in my fridge the other day. Yeah. And and I turned to the back. And I'm like, oh, what's this one all about? And it says uh, uh, premium malt beverage. I went, what the? <laughs> <laughs> actually, when... when uh, this ain't no craft beer. A couple weeks ago. So, so um, I don't know for some people on the stream don't know, but people in Portland probably do know. There's a market called John's Marketplace. Uh, and it's it's one of the bigger, uh, probably the biggest bottle shops that they have in the Portland area. Yes. And uh, they opened a secondary location. And so me and John wanted to go to it. And uh, so we went there opening day and I was perusing all the beers and stuff like that. And I found this one that it had a big red label on the outside. It's a, it was a 22 ounce bomber with a big red label that said 15%. And I'm like, what? And I go look at well, this. Of course, malt I liquor. have to try that. And, I, and it, it was it was like three fifty for twenty. Jeez. It was three fifty, <laughs> and it was like some kind of uh, Croatian beer or something like that. It, it, was, it did say it was like a Belgian style. It was a Belgian style right. beer that was fifteen percent. Oh, John was, was talking about this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a Belgian quad that was fifteen percent and three yeah, bucks. Yeah, for like three bucks. And I'm like, I gotta try it. 
I gotta right. try it. And it pretty much tasted like a high end malt liquor is what it yeah. kind of tastes like. It had malt liquor with a slight of that Belgian esters to it. Um, yeah, so it was interesting. I definitely mm. shared it with quite a few people because I wasn't about to try drinking that all by myself. But right, yeah, it was interesting. I'm 350. Who cares? Uh, Dunkel says, "Open a lager at 5:48 a.m. Sound about right, Jeff?" Yeah, loggers are like water anyway. Right. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's German purity, you're three quarters of the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Belgian triple or malt liquor? No, it was definitely said a Belgian triple. Civil says, going off the news, it seems like there's nothing left of Portland. Um, the news is covering a lot, a lot of negativity in Portland right now. There's also so much good in the protests happening up there right now. Um, I don't know how much I want to get into this, um, but I will say what you're seeing on the news is very, very, very much of the extremism. Um, and none of the crowds of ten and 15,000 people that are standing six feet apart with masks and singing. Yeah. Portland and... is still a major metropolitan area, so there's parts of it that are fine. There's not, right. nothing going on. Well, not only that, there's very, very small areas of, of protests that are going on, mainly around the courthouse. It's and, downtown, yeah. It's and all downtown. mainly because of the, the, the federal reservists who are coming in and kind of stirring the pot a little bit, uh, so to speak. Um, yes, there's some people trying to break down the courthouse, you know, plywood and break windows and things like that. Shame on them. That's not how you protest. Um, but uh, there's also people being thrown into unmarked vans, and that's not cool from the other side. So... Yeah, but uh, the protests have been massively peaceful for the most part. Um, and I think that's about all I want to say on that. <laughs> no way, the news is skewed? <gasps> oh, you uh, sweet summer child. Skewed, skewed one way or the other, depending on where you yeah. want to look. Yep. So, no, it is not a, uh, uh, you know, a post-apocalyptic you know nuke town down down by the waterfront although i did uh, when i last time i did drive through there was a noticeable increase of graffiti everywhere yes yeah uh, uh, I, I, I haven't been to portland since before the the shelter in place started I yeah, mean, it's no. back when we were calling it shelter in place and not quarantine <laughs> i went there i went up there last weekend uh because i've been wanting to go to this place for a long time and uh so we went to we went to the new John's marketplace again. Uh, Buy my bets, ten dollar donation. Do next week show at the protest. The next one's John. Uh, oh boy! I don't I don't think I have any black block, so I don't think we can go. We'd probably get pounced on. I don't know. Um, but anyway, when I was driving up there, there was uh, another place I wanted to go to called Alefire, which is a bottle shop, tap room, and hot sauce. So they have a ton of like different hot sauces and stuff like that. And that's like right up my alley. Cause I love, love hot sauce. Um, so I picked up, picked up a few hot sauces that were there. Really, really good ones too. Nice. But yeah, that's the last time I went up there. All right. Uh, let's move Actually, on. I, I, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm ready for my next beer. I don't know if you're yeah, ready. Yeah. I got, I got my next one ready. Yeah. I think I might do, um, a series of tubes. Well, I got the the Lewitt Belgian Winter Ale, Belgian Belgian Winter Strong Ale. 
Well, it's way lighter colored than I expected it to be. It's still a pretty decent good color. Yeah. I smell the aroma here. Oh, that smells really good. This is going to be much, much better than the last one. I can tell this already. How is it? Good? Yeah? Nice? I'm going off the nose, and yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, yes. <clears throat> Ooh, that is good. It kind of almost has that... Um, <laughs> I kind of hate to say it, because I kind of like the flavor. The, the armpit, armpit sweat poppy... <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, because you taste it before too, right? Yes, yes. You taste a little bit of that, but That'll... the rest of it, yeah, that little bit of that, it's there just a little bit, and then the rest just tastes like tropical fruit, orange, and stuff like that. But just up front, just just for a second, you're like, yeah, I'm looking at that can art. Yeah, th this can art is legit. <laughs> I don't know. I still like. It's, I still like my. It's a it's a hellspawn demon with goat horns. Holding My... a set of Christmas lights and Santa is falling off a mountain. <laughs> like it's amazing. Night nightmarish. I still like I still like my screensaver one. I have a screensaver Someone one says one. show the Lewitt can art. Uh here we go. Yeah, so I don't right about there. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's uh it's a goat horned demon holding Christmas lights and Santa Claus is falling mm -hmm. off a mountaintop, holding on to him. I don't know if they're around his neck or not, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, this yeah. is delightful. Okay, good, because I, 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 was, I was telling you before the show started, I'm pretty sure I, I picked up a can of that. So, oh, I'm man. looking forward to that. I'm if, looking forward to that, If too. you like Belgian Strongs. I love Belgian Strongs. This is amazingly good. Oh, good. Tropical fruited armpit ale. That that's pretty much what some IPAs taste like. This one this one has that slightly armpity flavor, but not 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 enough to be offensive. Take your Belgian esters, mm -hmm. add the slightest touch of vanilla, and crank the esters up by about eightfold. Oh, nice. It, oh God, it's good. I don't even care about the show anymore. I just want to drink this beer. <laughs> Yeah, getting those esters just right—that that that kind of Belgiany banana esters. Yeah. Those. Um, so this has cardamom added, and you can definitely tell there's a lot of there's a lot of like cinnamon, almost like a horchata kind of taste mm -hmm. to it. But it just accentuates that that clove and and kind of banana and yeah, very very rich, yeah. like a cinnamon banana split. Is kind so of what the, I'm getting. <laughs> the the last beer I tried to make was a bell oh, was a Hefeweizen. Mm -hmm. Which the Hefeweizens can have that that same Belgian-y, you know, flavor. Yeah. But in order to get that, you have to maintain the fermenting temperature. So it has to be like around, you know, uh, 78, 79 degrees. Right. And so I have this um, heating sleeve that I'm supposed to put around the carboy so it keeps everything warm. Um, <laughs> what that was. Yeah. Uh, but what happens is – it is the 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 sensor that's supposed to help maintain the temperature the cat mm -hmm. knocked it over and so the temperature for the for the sleeve got up to like 90 degrees so the beer was fermenting at like a really high temperature and so i didn't i didn't get those ester spices it just ends up tasting like skunk beer it's just it was i actually found an amazon affiliate link for your mug oh you did i did i just posted it in the chat <laughs>
<laughs> I tried looking last time when somebody asked, and I couldn't find it. I know there were ones that were similar. Right. But but uh, let me see. Is this the one? I'll click on it here. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Actually, yep. I think this one's a little different because, well, it looks like it's got more chrome on it. Yeah. Than mine. Yeah, but this one's uh, still still the steel lined. Yep. Very, very, inside. very, very similar. Yep. So, yeah, there you go. There's a mug. There you go. Not bad. For coffee, <laughs> beverage, juice juice or other 17 <laughs> or other, ounce yeah, yeah. like i'm so oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna have my juice in here yes like there's no way i'm not gonna put like some kind of liquor in here <laughs> exactly uh, fill my cup pour some liquor in it that's right uh, all right one question and then we'll jump into ddr5 specs uh sure. i meant to ask this if e5 2699 v3 works you want to borrow it and do some benchmarks um, I don't know because I've actually got a couple of really nice DDR or uh, DDR uh, twenty six hundred V three chips. I've got the twenty six seven or twenty six eighty V three, um, which is basically the same core. It's the same two point six gigahertz core. I think the twenty six ninety nine is two point five. Um, yours is eighteen cores, mine's twelve, so it it adds six cores, twelve threads. But beyond that, there's no additional performance gain anywhere. Um, it has more cache, but it's more cache per core, not more overall cache. Um, so I, I don't know that what I would get off of there is much different than what I have already seen. Um, I appreciate the offer, though. I really do. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just don't know what video I would make with it. Uh, all right. Uh, All right. DDR5. Yes. JDEX spec is officially official now. That's right. We've been expecting some kind of spec from last year, they thought that it was going to be out. but Yeah, that well, they thought the spec was going to be finalized in 2018, and by late 2019, we should have seen DDR5 modules. Yeah. But there's been delay after delay and disagreement after disagreement, and so it took them this long to finalize the JDEX spec. Um, but the good news is RAM is getting faster <laughs> and yep. more plentiful. Yep. Uh, whether or not it gets cheaper, eh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I know I myself just upgraded to all DDR4. So and now DDR5 is just starting to come out. So yeah, I'm behind yeah. the curve a little bit. I'm starting to be behind the curve. Now, unfortunately, this particular article doesn't actually list the new JDEX specs, and that frustrated the living heck out of me. Yeah. Because um, uh, I'm looking like, okay, what's the new base frequency? Like, DDR4 is 2133. What's the new bit? Yeah, the, the link that they give that's supposed to let you point to it doesn't really point to it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a JDEC article about how we went through this five-year process to, yeah. to, to you know, um, we increased the the BL16 and bank count from 32 to uh, to 32 from 16, which yeah. Um, oh, here we go. Here's oh. the spec I was looking for. DDR5 DIM has two 40-bit fully independent subchannels on the same module, so each stick has the potential to be dual channel. Oh, that's good. So in theory, you could actually get consumer motherboards up to quad channel memory. So this could actually yield some phenomenal speeds. And that was rumored for a number of years. 
Um, but it looks like that is actually coming to fruition as per the JDAC article. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and it's saying DDR4 is expected... Uh, sorry, DDR5 supports double the bandwidth as compared to its predecessor. So 40, 4266, I'm mm -hmm. assuming. Um, it is expected to be launched at 4.8 gigabit per second, 50% higher than DDR4's end-of-life speed of 3.2 gigabit per mm -hmm. second. Um, so yeah. Uh, so in theory, that actually could be almost yeah. a fourfold increase. That's going to um, be a big, big performance boost. Because of the doubling of channels. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So all the people like wanted to build home servers, mm -hmm. that DDR5 is going to be great. My God, this is wonderful. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go digging through my 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 beer fridge and see if I can find it. I'm finding very little fault. Um, four five, four point five. Four five. Yep. Really? That's a that's a four point five. That's that's some high praise right there. I mean, yep. I love I love Belgian beers too, and it's sometimes yep. it's hard to find a really good one. This is a um, really good one. Okay. Okay. I'm really glad I bought two cans too. Okay. Because <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go look because either either I was going to pick it up or I did pick it up. Yeah. Um, but if I didn't, I'll just go. I'll find it. I'll pick it up. Yeah. Yeah, I've got close to close to 150 different beers in my four fridges <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, you're, not getting, you're not you're not quite approaching John's level of. of I'm not, but it's it's fridge. nothing to scoff at. No, no, not at um, all. Especially the collection that I have. I have some good good stuff. Yeah, um, I I have I have my I have two tiers. I have my upstairs, and then I have my aging downstairs. I have my right. aged stuff downstairs. So, um, yeah, I've I've got a shelf in this fridge here that's probably worth three hundred dollars by itself. Yeah, and that's my yeah. mini fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you got that uh, mother of all storms there, which is my favorite. I do absolute favorite uh, barley wine there. That's on the bottom shelf, and yep. that's and that one's that one's like just by itself is like a twenty five twenty six dollar bottle. Yeah. Just by yeah, itself. I've, I've got a couple $40 bottles down there. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've got a couple 50s down there. I've got a number of $20 $25 bottles yeah. down there. Um, but yeah, so there, there's probably three to $400 of beer just in this fridge right here. Mm -hmm. It adds up really quick. Yeah, no, I know. It adds up real quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything see. Anything more about the DDR5? I think that's about it because there's not a lot of specs to go on. No, Again, not really much. Likely 4266 megahertz and a doubling of the channels, as in mm -hmm. two channels per per uh, per dim, which could lead to four socket or four channel dims on consumer boards. Yep. Eight eight channel on on high end desktop. So you're talking X299 successor and uh, Threadripper successor, um, and you're also talking you know, gosh, 12 channel on Intel and 16 channel on Epic. Yep. Yep. Um, if this proves to be true. So that's, that's a pretty sizable increase. It's a in, big increase. In memory throughput. But there's no real speculation as to when it'll be released. And... Late 2021 is probably the earliest you will ever see this. So uh, we got a the, while. Most of the speculations I'm seeing is early 2022. Okay. Um, as far as an actual consumer release for DDR5, we may see like quarter three, 2021 server processors or server mm -hmm. support release mm -hmm. for DDR5, but I don't think we're going to see consumer release until at least a year and a half from now. Yeah. Well, time to save up. Yep. 
All right. Uh, Intel, a little bit of speculation and nope, some confirmations. I lost, I lost Jeff Sadio again. That's not my pro. I don't know what fault. you did. That's not my fault. I, you just, he just went away. Uh, do I got to log back in again? You might have to log back oh, in wait, again. There, now you're back again. Oh, wait. What happened? I don't know. Mystery. I never went away. Those 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 tech. Problems. I'm watching the, the 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 volume meters. I'm watching huh. my my level meters, and they're both ticking. Hmm. That is very weird. Yeah, I don't like those those uh, pesky problems that just all of a sudden resolve themselves. Right. Those are the scariest because you have no idea what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's nice. It's like I don't got to do anything; it fixes itself. <laughs> but then not knowing, you know, that the this problem this phantom problem that's out there that could just creep up and just all of a sudden crash your system yeah, okay civil just said can't hear jeff yeah for a second we couldn't couldn't hear you okay i can hear you i can hear you now am, am i, I am i there i'm watching the level inside of obs i like i'm watching my meter tick let me see let me check uh the discords no f's i'm gonna check with my mod here cool it's fine moving on yeah okay there we go <laughs> the hell people <laughs> spoon i'm blaming you <laughs> yeah it's all his fault Okay, now they're all saying you're fine. Audio never yeah. cut out over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever. All right. Speculation and confirmations of Intel Alder Lake CPUs. Yes. Uh, according to videocards.com. Uh, so there's been a little bit of speculation that um, there may be uh, what... Samsung has been doing with their Oxynos chips for quite a while, Oxynos, their, their eight core chips for quite a while, um, that Intel may be kind of diving into that same technology, having four very high power chips on a die and then four less than powerful chips on a die to take care of less priority tasks or background right. tasks, background tasks or, yeah. or things like that to give the full attention of your high performance processors, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever they need um, and, and let them not have to focus on all the background crap that Windows is doing. Oh, Windows updates and I need to install Candy Crush even though I've uninstalled it 17 times. Yeah, that, yeah. that kind of crap. Yeah. That kind of crap can be handled by a subprocessor yeah. um, or a coprocessor built into the, the CPU die. Um, and we're getting some confirmation that Intel that that is indeed coming out as of Alder Lake. Right. Uh, so Intel is going to be... Oops. Helps if I change the article on the main window. Oh, yeah. There we go. So Intel is calling this a hybrid core architecture. Uh, essentially, what they're going to be doing is bringing next-gen CPUs, um, or two-gen from now. So once they can finally make a 10 nanometer CPU, we might be able to see this. Um, <laughs> uh, is they're going to be bringing uh, Atom processors yep. to mainstream consumer processors as a coprocessor to handle background tasks. That's pretty uh, interesting. Yeah, that could work out pretty good. I mean, I, right. I don't know how many background tasks I, they would, how I would deem it. I guess you would be able to assign 
you'd go into uh, like maybe a task manager and be able to assign which priority you want. Just like assigning core affinity. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. you could do it like that, you know, say high power or low power. Yeah. Um, and, and that could totally, you know, work. Um, but uh, I have noticed in benchmarks sometimes, mm -hmm. inconsistencies in benchmarks when Windows is doing something in the background that it's not right. alerting me to. Because it's um, taking up core processing power. Right. Yeah. And so that's that's a main frustration of running benchmarks is, is you have to keep a benchmark system updated. Otherwise, right. when you go to run benchmarks, uh, Windows will be doing updates in the background yep. that it's it's uncompressing multiple gigabytes of files yep. and taking 20% of your CPU cycles. Are you having and a bunch of background? Games, yeah. In some games you won't notice, but in some CPU sensitive games, that absolutely drops your frame. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I've gotten inconsistent results because of things like that before. Yeah. Um, you have some weird, weird service in the background doing some weird stuff, who knows? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cortana listening to you. <laughs> well, she's always listening. Yeah, she's always listening. Um, while the upcoming 11th gen core series, Rocket Lake, will provide a new core architecture, Willow Cove. Would you just settle on one <laughs> name? I forgot. I'm a Rocket Lake. Rocket, Rocket Lake. Lake. Using Willow Cove architecture. <laughs> uh, it would still rely on the 14 nanometer fabrication process. Yeah, oh, I know. No way. No way. That said, Alder Lake is expected to be the biggest architectural improvement for Intel in years. Well, because they need uh, a win. They they need a win. They, they need really a win. Do. And Intel, I'm rooting for you. I I am not a uh, you know an AMD fanboy. It's just what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know I I I'm a fan of where the market is a fan. I'm a fan yeah. of where the performance and value and money is at. Yes. Price to very performance. Reason. Price to very... performance. That's what I'm a fan of. Yeah. It's. I can't say there's no reason not to buy Intel right now, but there's very little compelling reason to buy Intel right now. Yeah. Um. And and I'm talking top to bottom. I'm I'm talking data center, high end server, small business, workstation, consumer, entry level. There's very little there's very compelling little, reason yeah. to look at oh, Intel yeah. right now. Just from a cost benefit perspective. I mean, maybe in the cheap used market. Might 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 be you know if you're looking for as, a budget as people budget are PC. yeah that's actually something that could happen as Intel loses some clout yeah because Intel for years has very much like Apple products they they have such a high resale value mm -hmm. um, of people selling you know four and five generation old CPUs for a 20% discount of a brand new CPU. Yeah. So I remember when the 7700K came out, people selling 2600Ks for 250 bucks. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're five generations behind. Yeah, I know. That and I know they're ridiculous. Intel generations, so it's tick, yeah. tock, tick, tock, tick. Right. But still, you're five generations of a product line behind. Yeah, and not, that's, uh, that's a premium price for something that old. Yeah. Right, and I've never understood it. Um, I sold, gosh, this was two years ago, a 3770K for 240 bucks on eBay. Wow. And I let them uh, bid it up to that. Wow. Like, I, I think I had to buy it now at like 220, and, and I had a, an entry-level bid of like 150, and they bid it up to 240. Mm -hmm. It's like, you stupid. Um, it's, yeah, but 
it's because of the clout that Intel has had for so long that they are the performance king. Yeah. Um, and uh, and whatnot, and AMD has not been able to compete, that they've been able to keep that resale value because even the older chips still performed better than AMD's newest stuff. Yeah. Well, now you have chips like the 3600, which is $179. Yeah. Outperforming by 50% or more yeah. uh, multi-threaded. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking a 3600 out of the box that is single thread performance competing with about a 4.5 gigahertz, 7,700K. Yeah. Out of the box. Out of the box. And That's... Intel is not that much above that. I mean, a 7,700K performs at the same level at 4.5 gigahertz that a 9,900K does and a 10,900K yeah. does. Yeah. It's the same chip. Yeah. Um, and there might be little little tweaks here and there. There's no new instruction sets. That's for no. sure. There's no new fab. Still the old one. That's yeah. for sure. Um, but so there might be a little performance gain, a little bit more power efficiency kind of eked out of 9900K makes it perform, you know, two, 3% faster. Maybe. But a 7700K in single threaded performance is a 9900K in single threaded performance. Yeah. And you have in AMD's entry level chip at the 3600 at 179. That's right there. Yeah, it's right there. And it's, it's a no brainer for consumers. Right. It's like, why not? So... And that's like that's what I'm saying. Like maybe just at this at this point, maybe not at this point, but maybe in the near future, the used Intel market is going to be pretty cheap because it's going to be flooded with old chips. Right. And then someone who's looking to have like a budget build or something like that, and looking for some used things, maybe you go for Intel at that point because I mean, yeah, they're they they'll still be fine at the time, but right, it'll it won't be you won't be paying that premium Intel price anymore because everybody right. the, the, there'll be a glut in the market. Right. If you can get a 3770k and an overclockable motherboard 180 bucks yeah that's a pretty good deal that's That's a pretty good deal yeah um uses ddr3 which is Mm -hmm. less expensive on the used market yep um you know you could build yourself a pretty rock solid and still very much competent today like considering current competition Yeah. yeah today uh system for a couple of hundred bucks yeah um but uh yeah until intel kind of makes it competitive again their name is what's kind of being yeah you know losing they're some going, clout right now yeah they're on a name recognition only right now yep so people are out buying it's like oh is it intel inside i remember that yeah i'll buy that i remember intel <laughs> i remember remember when they were good it was last year <laughs> <laughs> It's all that AMD Ryzen's fault. Yep. All right. Here's some news. Um, So for those who follow the uh, enterprise networking market, uh, you will recognize, well, you'll recognize it anyway, but you'll recognize the name Broadcom because Broadcom is probably in 60 to 70% of all switching hardware. Broadcom's been around for a while, too. They've been around for a long, long time. Long time. I remember my Broadcom V92 modem. I do. I had a Broadcom modem as well. Yep. 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 They've been around for a long, long time. Yep. Um, and they are one of the the main players in the networking space. Uh, uh, a lot of it because of uh, their switching hardware, their, their switching processors. Um, uh, but if you look at 
HP Aruba. If you look at, uh, I believe Palo Alto uh, uses Broadcom. Uh, Unify kind of bounces back and forth between Broadcom and I'm drawing a blank on the other one. Um, but uh, Broadcom's in a lot of things, and they're a major OEM for desktop chips as far as integrated, you know, network cards. Um, they're a big name and they're not someone that a lot of people compete with. Uh, I mean, Intel competes on the desktop and, and yep. you know, server connectivity kind of stuff. Um, but HP and Dell both use Broadcom as their OEM for their onboard network cards. Um, uh, Realtek kind of fell out of that game. Occasionally, you'll still see a Realtek chip uh, Every on, once a, in a while, yeah. on, a, on a LAN, uh, but for the most part, it's Broadcom. Uh, even in Wi-Fi, Broadcom is there. Uh, uh, a lot of modems, uh, cellular modems. It's a Broadcom chip. Mm -hmm. um, well, the news today is uh, that there is possibly a new player coming in and coming in hard. And that is uh, Innovium? Yeah, Innovium. Uh, Innovium is how Innovium. I want to say it. I, I think that's Innovium, yeah. It looks like it. Yeah. I-N-N-O-V-I-U-M, Innovium. Right, Innovium. Uh, so Innovium is a startup chip company. They are manufacturing their own chips uh, and they are looking to compete squarely at Broadcom in the switching market. Um, now, the reason this is news is not because they are a chip startup, but because they've already raised $170 million in capital to begin production. Yeah. Uh, and their company has reportedly been valued at $1 billion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, the reason that's big is when your company has a valuation of a billion dollars and you're looking at taking on a very, very long time incumbent, yeah. um, there's a lot of really smart people who say there's something going on. Here. Right. That's, that's um, kind of unheard of with a, a, a company right. coming, out of, one, coming out of the bat being, you know, $1 billion. A $1 billion valuation on a company that has not really produced a product yet. Um, is kind of unheard of. Um, so yeah, Broadcom apparently has uh, their Tomahawk and Trident series chips out right now, uh, as well as their Terralink 7, which is a 12.8 terabit per second product. Mm -hmm. So again, we're talking high-end switching. Yeah. Um, uh, there's talk that that Innovium is kind of nipping at their heels. Um, Gosh, where was the the speeds at? I don't want to claim something wrong. Um, I thought they had a claimed speed in here. It might have been another article I was reading. Anyway, by late 2020, uh, Broadcom is expected to have a 25.6 terabit chip in sampling stages. Hmm. Uh, so ready, so doubling the current throughput. Um, but uh, yeah, it's gosh, it had to have been another article that I was reading because they had uh, they had some prototypes and some expected throughputs on some prototypes and, okay. and scalability was was high. I I want to say it was in the eight to nine terabit per second range on some other chips. Okay, um, and it was going to be more than price competitive. <laughs> wow, when it was released. that's really good. Right. Like, um, so we're kind of talking like a first generation Ryzen thing. So if you think like first generation Ryzen versus like 7700K, mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, single threaded, 
you're 80% of the way there. Multi-threaded, you're you're beating us because you can crack, you know, cram more of them in. And price point, you're really beating us because you're $100 less. And so if you're cool with 80 per, 80% of the single thread performance, and this is kind of that same equation mm-hmm. and, and why people are really hot on Anovium is mm-hmm. because of the the design that they have in and, and some of the prototypes that they have shown. Um, so $170 million in funding, billion dollar company that's, kind of out of nowhere. That's, that's, yeah, that's kind of a, you know, that's unheard of almost. Yep. It's very, very, very rare. Something like that happens. Gosh, now I'm ticked off about where I read that article. <laughs> <laughs> well, on another note, John was telling me I actually have had that beer before. The Holy Diver. Oh, sorry. Innovium was the Terralynx products. That's oh, okay. Right. okay. Terralynx. So the Terralynx 7, the Terralynx 8, that 12.8 terabit, mm-hmm. that was Innovium. I th- sorry, I was getting my wires crossed. I thought was the, that was the Broadcom number. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I that's right. I looked and I looked up the Broadcom number to to compare. That's right. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long day. Screw you, yes. Adobe. <laughs> I have had about enough. <laughs> yeah, you were telling me about all your editing problems earlier. Oh man. Yeah. Sorry. Sometimes wires get crossed. Mm-hmm. Um. But no. Yeah. Sorry. It's the Terralynx products. That's the Anovium. Um. So yeah, they have a twelve point eight terabit. Uh product out on the market right now and a 25.8 terabit product that's going to be sampled in late this year. Um, and they just secured $170 million in funding to be able to produce that chip. That's so what it was. Big, big demand. Yes. Big, big anticipated demand. Yes. Okay. Now that I've completely forgotten where it was. <laughs> <laughs> it happens sometimes. So I was telling Steve before the show, um, so my, my tutorial video that went up at 6 PM today, that video should have been posted yesterday at 6 PM because the tutorial videos, I usually do about two days of prep, uh, as far as making sure my process is rock solid and works on every platform and I'm not missing something or, you know, it's not something unique to my system. Uh, and, and I'm not, I'm showing you the generalized process. So I, 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 you know, approach that with a very high level of integ- or, uh, scrutiny. Um, so I did that on Sunday and Monday, and I thought I could sit down on Tuesday, and usually a, a, a tutorial like that, it's a fairly simple edit, and it's a fairly simple shoot if everything goes right. It's a two to three hour shoot, and it's a two hour edit. Mm-hmm. And so that's a one day video. Um, and so I sat down yes- Tuesday morning at 8.30 and had my coffee and then started, you know, turned on the camera and started filming. Um, So many things went wrong with, I missed a step or I showed the wrong process or I wasn't following my notes or I ad-libbed this part that by 2 p.m. I was like, okay, I'm finally finished. And so instead of like a two to three hour shoot, it was like a five to six hour shoot. Um, I get the the footage over to my editing rig and I'm like, I can still crank this out by 5 p.m. Like Mm -hmm. if I I hurry, I can still still do this and, and make it good. Um, go over to my editing PC, two thirds of my capture footage, not my, my camera, but my screen capture footage was cropped in so you couldn't see it. (laughs) So I had to redo that. And then it was in a format that Adobe didn't like. So I had to find an encoding that worked for it. And when I finally found the encoding that worked for it, I went, I'm going to bed. I'm done. Like six o'clock. It's like, I'm done. I'm walking away. It's not going to be done today. 
I can come at it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But if I come at it tomorrow and all my encoding is good and I can just edit it, it's an start at 8 a.m., publish at 10 at 10 a.m., and I'm off the computer by 11. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, 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 again, a very early thing. And then I've got Wednesday to, like, kick back, relax, maybe get out, do some yard work. Um, and so I was in my office again at 8.30 this morning. I didn't publish that video until 6 because I had so many problems with Adobe <laughs> editing that video. Ugh. Uh, I think I counted seven crashes and then two additional crashes while rendering. Yeah. Like it was not a good shoot. And uh, one o'clock I had, I had Adobe crash and do this really fun thing where it hadn't auto saved in the last two hours. So I lost two hours worth of work. That's always fun. It's not rage inducing yeah. at all. No, <laughs> not at all. I actually slammed my head on the table. Yeah. I was so mad. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I hit the I, mouse mat, you know, I, I knew where I was aiming, but yeah, I, I hit yeah, my was, forehead to the table yeah. You're not and I walked sadist. upstairs. I walked upstairs and I went, I'm taking 15 minutes. I'm yeah. just, yeah. nope. I'm done. <laughs> that's where that shot of whiskey comes in. Just going for a walk. Yeah, let's go for it. Mm. All right. This so is not getting worse. No, I know. Okay, so so oh. I, you were, while you were talking, I I, I kind of so John John texted on Discord. I guess apparently I did have that beer already. Which one? Uh, the 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 holy the hiver. Oh yeah. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm looking at it on untapped. I, apparently, I liked it a lot. But the reason why I probably don't remember is because it was at uh, 7.30 on the 4th of July. So that was probably like my eighth beer of the day. So this I have uh... a couple untapped check-ins where I go, I've had that before? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And it's that's... after a string of like six check-ins? Yeah. Like, oh, That kind of right. makes sense why I did not that remember before. that I had it before. Right. But I do remember, I guess I, I, guess, I guess I liked it. That's why I have untapped, to remind me of those uh, times where I do not remember that I drank something. Yep. Jeff, did I ever try DaVinci Resolve? The only time I've tried DaVinci Resolve, I've tried to go to it two or three times. I've tried to go to it mm. uh, two of the last three years at CES. Um, and it didn't. It either didn't like my hardware or uh, the first two years uh, I was shooting H.264. Unless you pay the $300 to get the, the, the pro version, uh, you can't uh, edit H.264. You have to edit ProRes or Blackmagic RAW. Um, and so I was not in that workflow and I wasn't willing to spend $300 on, maybe this is better than Premiere. Yeah. Um, I've heard good things about it. I've heard wonderful things about Resolve, um, but I've also been using Premiere professionally for you know, three years on YouTube now and a couple years before that. Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to change my entire workflow. I'd, I'd have to relearn how to do it. And I know it's just a nonlinear editor, but all your tools are in different places. How you do things is different. you know. Um, and so it's going to be a transition. I do want to make the transition eventually, but at the same time, I also don't know that I can get out of Adobe's payment cycle because I pay for the full package of Adobe products and I use Photoshop and Audition as part of my, my cycle. And there's tools that GIMP doesn't have that I use in Photoshop. There's yep. tools that Audition has that, you know, Audacity doesn't have that I do use as part of my workflow. So it's not going to be as simple as, oh, just switch to Resolve and everything's done and you don't have to pay Adobe anymore. I still have to pay Adobe. And if I still have to pay Adobe, why am I not using Premiere and spending $300 on Resolve? I, I know there's that's, a solution. That's the cost analysis that I'm going through in my head. There's a solution you probably haven't considered. You might want to consider this. It might be a good idea. Try using Hiring an Mi editor? No, Microsoft Video Editor. I hear that's pretty good. Oh, Windows Movie Maker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the old... 
I I did make a couple couple videos on Windows Movie Maker in the the early mid two thousands. Oh yeah, so. no, I remember the old Video Maker back then. Yep. For XP. Yeah, for Windows XP. Yeah. Yep. Some church slideshows and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was all about that. It's all good hot stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a copy of Adobe Premiere 1.0 for Windows 3.1. Oh, really? Installed in DOSBox. And I thought it would oh. be hilarious. To go edit something with it? To try to edit a video oh, on Adobe Premiere you, 1.0. I don't think it would be able to take the high-end resolution. I couldn't resolution. take you a couldn't modern it. codec. It would have to you, be an yeah. AVI Microsoft codec. So I'd have yeah. to figure out how to downsample my footage to something it could read. Yeah. But I think it's possible. Probably. I mean, it would be. Uh, well... Uh, maybe smaller because... Oh, it'd have uh, to be massively smaller. Well, yeah, because it's... Uh, I, I don't know if it needs... Well, it probably doesn't have to have to be installed. In, well, yeah, whatever. It, it'd be like Mac 64480. In fact, we're probably talking 32240 as far yeah. as like a workflow goes. I don't even right. know how the workflow would work on yeah, a program that old. Yeah, it's pretty old. But I have a copy of it, and I'd love yeah. to try it sometime. I, I think I think my dad still has a copy. And it still crashes. <laughs> I, yeah, it still crashes. I think he still has a copy somewhere, a box of it, of uh, Illustrator before it was bought out by Adobe. It was yeah. Aldous Illustrator. Yeah. I think Aldous. it was Aldous Illustrator 3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he still has a box of that somewhere. I should go over there and see if I can find it. It'd be kind of fun. It'll output GIF or FLV. No, it, it actually outputs um, AVI. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't output FLV because FLV at that time was a Macromedia product before Macromedia yeah. was bought out by Adobe mm-hmm. and cursed yeah. the world with yeah. Adobe Flash. Ba- back then, the, the you had two options, basically. It was AVI or MOV, mm-hmm. and that was about it. Yep. Yep. I'm hoping to churn something out about as good as qu- of quality as the Weezer music video that's on the Windows 95 CD. <laughs> I'm hoping... As good as good as the uh, what was it? There was the Friends, Friends video when Windows ninety five yeah, came out. Yeah, it was the yeah, it was the Jennifer Aniston and Jennifer uh, Aniston and uh, yeah, oh gosh, uh, Matthew, well, whoever plays Chandler. Yeah, what's his name? I can't remember. No, it wasn't Chandler. It was the other guy. I'm pretty sure it was the guy who played. It wasn't Joey? No, it wasn't Joey. Let me see. Oh, Chandler. Yeah, yeah, Chandler. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, I can't. Remember. Yeah. Massively uh, smaller, yeah. Uh, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I, I at least got half the actor's name. Yeah, you got it. You got it halfway. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Logitech. That's right. Logitech. Logitech and Herman Miller Herman coming Miller. together. Herman Launch Miller. Launch a chair. Yes. $1,500 gaming yes. chair. So so people who are not familiar with Herman Miller, they make pretty much the high-end uh, office chairs. And I myself am actually have, have, my, have my ass sitting on one right now, and I can attest to their comfiness and uh, the ability to sit on them for great amounts of time without your legs going numb. Mm-hmm. So I highly endorse a Herman Miller chair if you can afford it, but they are not cheap. But Logitech and Herman Miller 
are uh, coming together to crank out a gaming chair. Yes. And I think it looks pretty sweet, actually. I think it does, too. Um, $1,500 sweet? No, um, I, I don't think. I mean, the only reason I have my Herman Miller is because I stole it from the office. Right. When our office closed down, so I took it home with me. Um, but uh, uh, but uh, this this one looks really nice. If there's anything, uh, if I had a spare $1,500 sitting around, I would definitely pick this one up. Um, I do kind of like the uh, the mad scientist tubing look on the back. Yes. With the exposed blue. Yeah. Very nice looking. Yeah, I kind of like that Matrix-esque, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plug going into the back of your neck. Yeah. I've always liked that look. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You need a little <clears throat> down, the, down, the, yeah. down the down the down your spinal cord. Yeah. Can you fly you know, a helicopter? Think... Not yeah. yet. They just need like some actuators in these things so the chair vibrates too while you're sitting in there. Right. That's that. Then, then that'll make the uh, the fifteen hundred dollars worth it. Yep. Um, Fully customizable seat, including bolstering, spine adjustment, height, angle. Yeah. Everything. Everything you can think of tweaking. Yeah. You can you can tweak. Um, and on top of chairs, I think I think Herman Miller and um, uh, Logitech are joining to do some desks too. Yeah. Uh, apparently. So. Um, but those are not. I guess those haven't haven't cranked out yet probably going to be just as expensive as the chair i bet i but, bet they are as well yeah uh, anything that herman miller cranks out is not cheap right so yeah it definitely looks good like yeah it looks good but over your standard five to seven hundred dollar herman miller mm, you know I'm, I'm, I'm having some reservations yeah um, no i i would too um this is this is not going to be your impulse buy. This is going to be people right. who have money that also like gaming. Right. But we'll see where the market sits. Let's see where it goes. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe if we get to go see one in action, I'll go sit sit on it and see if my uh, ass explodes from just the comfort. Right. <laughs> we'll leave that one alone. <laughs> All right, we got a couple rapid fire beer news. Yes, we do. Uh, so much to the uh, delight of Bite My Bits. Yeah. Comes Bud Light Strawberry Lemonade. Yes. Yes. Only available in Canada. Thank God. For the people who want to be manly and drink beer, but are too fair, scared to just drink beer, we got Bud Light Lemonade, Bud Light Orange, and Bud, Bud Light Lime. Uh. Gosh, I was uh, watching uh, an Elisha Schlesinger uh, stand-up routine yesterday. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite jokes was, uh, can we cancel the whole uh, uh, hard seltzer craze? Yeah. Like, like it's not rocket science because you poured uh, uh, poured liquor into a LaCroix. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, one of the other YouTubers I like, uh, the one of the uh, cocktail YouTubers I like watching. Uh-huh. That's exactly what he did. He's like, uh, there's a there's a you know a big hard seltzer craze, and it's like you're just like taking a LaCroix. Is that a cocktail chemistry? It. Yeah, it's cocktail chemistry yeah, guy. Yeah. And so he did he did the he tried to make the um, uh, the p pumpkin spice hard cider, <laughs> which I'm like, all right, dude, that's cool. Um, but yeah, that's I mean that's literally what it is. You just take a, a low calorie seltzer drink and yep. add vodka to it. That's basically yep. it. And you try to get it get it under about 90 calories. And you're pretty much set. 
I guess, uh, you know, pouring vodka into your LaCroix is too much work, so you got to buy a, you know, a White Claw. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, Bud Light Strawberry Lemonade, joining the yep. likes of Bud Light Orange, Bud Light Lemonade, and all the other monstrosities that they possibly come out with. Right. The, apparently, I guess, though, it's not going to be readily available right away. Um, right. I think, what did they say? Oh, here we go. Uh, unfortunately for Bite My Bits, he's probably going to be sad about this. Yep. Uh, it's uh, primarily sold in Canada. It's only sold in Canada. Okay, yep. so he's going to have to find some Canadian friends to get him that sweet, sweet Bud Light lemonade. Right. That's haunting his dreams. Yep. And not to be outdone, Bush has come out with a light apple. Yeah. Which, okay, it's probably just apple flavoring, but... An apple cider beer is technically a graph. It's called a graph. Right. Yeah. Right. I think this is just Bud Light Orange with But if apple, Bush called it flavor, a graph, if no Bush one's called this know a graph, yeah. could no they gonna... ever sell it? No. No, of course not. But I don't – I doubt that there's real apple juice in here. It's probably artificial apple flavoring. And at yes. this point, it, this is just like mixing your, uh, you know, your, your hard cider – with a little bit of beer. With a little bit of bush light. With a little bit of bush light, which in itself is not very tasty to begin with. Right. So, um, again, not something I'm super thrilled about. But Yeah, what's really funny is in John's taste test, like Bush was part of that. Yeah. And I think um, I think everyone rated Bush either fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. Like it, As like being it's, absolutely flavorless. Right. It, it's the yeah. one that everyone agreed belonged yeah. at the bottom. <laughs> You know, the most interesting thing about that video, I don't know if anybody saw that video, but John did a, a, a beer tasting video with uh, domestics to see which one was the best. Domestic lagers versus Domestic lagers. the cheapest craft beer, which yeah. is the 10-barrel pub beer, which yeah. is a lager, yeah, made, a lager. By, made by a craft company. Yeah. Um, and I thought for sure, because I saw the lineup, <laughs> and I thought for sure that Heineken would just stand out like a sore thumb. Because right. that was one of the beers that they put in there. Right. And I always thought that it had a very distinct taste, but no one else could pick it out. That that surprised the heck out of me. Because yeah. I've, I've had a Heineken before, and it's like, ooh, wow. Yeah, I, I know, know it's, I'm it's drinking a Heineken. A Heineken. Yeah, I know this. <laughs> Unless they changed the formula since the last, what, couple years since I had a Heineken. Right. Uh, I, I would have figured that everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's a Heineken. Heineken but no, they had, a, they had a hard time picking that out. So I'm like, yeah. And I'm, I'm not shocked that a couple people picked out uh, banquet. I'm, I'm not shocked by that yeah, because it's yeah. a little distinct as well. Yeah. Not necessarily in a good way, but you, you know, you're drinking a banquet beer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, between Bud Light and, and, or Budweiser and, and Bush, I figured that'd be a toss up. Yeah. Between those two. But and... everyone thought the Bush tasted like just close to water. Right. Which is, you know, I guess fairly accurate. Right. Right. But I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not super thrilled about bush light apple but i guess they felt that they had to get into that flavored beer market that everybody's yep. just going crazy for so i don't know if they're competing with hard cider or if they're competing with like beer drinkers i don't know who they're competing with i don't know i don't think they know either yeah but again this is another one that's going to be only available in some states i guess north dakota south dakota dakota I, this doesn't strike me as a North Dakota, South Dakota beer. In, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, 
Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Utah, and Florida. So, yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting distribution network. Uh, yeah, I know, right? It's like they're These doing are the all... states who we think <laughs> will eat this up. Yeah, I know. Well, I when the first couple of states they listed, I'm like, really? Maybe? I don't know. And then they said New York. I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I was totally on board with like, okay, every state you've mentioned, I could see that drinking that. Then you said New York, Arizona, Florida, and I went, what? Yeah, I know. Or even Texas, because like you know, you don't have like what's what's the big beer in Texas? They always everybody always drinks. (laughs) I forget. Oh, I don't know. What did what did uh, what did uh, Hank Hill always drink? It was Alamo beer. That's a fictional beer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Lone Star. Lone Star beer? Is that a beer? I don't know. I don't know. All right. Uh, tell me about AI brewed beer, Steve. I I I can't. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I didn't read up on this one. This is the one I did not read up on. I had to skip this one because I was running out of time. I, I, I think I briefly kind of skimmed it. And what the deal is, is it's supposed to be it's supposed to you answer a series of questions and this is this is a japanese company here and uh and it's and it's from nec by the way yeah it's from nec by the way and it's supposed to tell you what the ideal beer is for you okay um and i guess they have a series of beers and it's mainly based on your age um so they have like a, this is what's in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s, your 50s, you know, you would probably like this. But because it's a Japanese beer, I don't think it's really geared for like the American markets. Right. Western um, tastes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you know, anybody, you know, in their 30s and 40s would be like, oh, yeah, I love IPAs, you know. But then you get in your fifties and be like, I just want a lager. You know, that's like that's that's the right. age group around here. Yep. But I think they're saying that that the fifty somethings in Japan would go more for like a multi or red yeah. type of a thing, which I don't know if that's necessarily true here or not. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's it's obviously cultural, mm-hmm. but uh, an interesting concept nonetheless. Yep. Uh, so my funny story related to beer. So my neighbor across the street, uh, he's, I think 58, 58, 59, something like that. Um, so, uh, he, he's a welder and, uh, and a, or a diesel mechanic rather, but he has a welder. Mm. Well, my chair legs both broke on me. Uh, both my Gamdius chairs, the wheels came out because they had had just tack welded the wheels in place. And, and on my tile floor, it just, they just gave up the ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I said, hey, can you weld these back in and, and weld all around and, and make them you know, sound again? And he goes, yeah, I can probably do that for you. And so he, he knocks it out less than an hour for me. And it's like, dude, thank you. you know? And I said, what kind of beer do you drink? He goes, anything. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and when you hear anything, anything. Yeah. from someone who's 58, 59, 60 years old. You're, you're pretty much like, okay, you want a bud. You want to you want a bud bush coors you know yeah. something like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. and so I went into my fridge and I um and I'm reaching around and I'm like I don't have not only it do is, I not yeah. have a single lager at right. all I don't have a pilsner I don't have uh this or that and then I went you know what I think I have a decent Irish red oh there you go yeah and uh, multi it, it was a multi Irish red but it was it was a it was an Irish red IPA mm-hmm. uh, and so it was a maltier hoppier yeah kind of beer 
and I said like, like Dawn of the Red something. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was. It wasn't Dawn of the Red, but it was of that same. Something of it. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't even remember what it was, but uh, but I remember having it one day, and I went, "This is just solid." Mm-hmm. Um, and and it it's not a complicated beer. It's got like two or three flavors to it. Is all, mm-hmm. and and you can drink it warm. You can drink it cold. You can drink it whatever. And I went, "This is a good beer." This is a good one. Yeah. And good. Uh, and and so I went, "Well, I don't speak like anything language, mm-hmm. but here," and uh, and so yeah. I gave him a beer. Uh, and uh, he really, really enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Um, at, at coming from like a, just give me anything to yeah. uh, you it's know. like oh this is I've never had this before. It's pretty never good. Had this, yeah, that was pretty solid, right? For, pe- for people who are like normal beer drinkers who just drink like domestic, you don't want to start them out on an IPA because no. they're gonna be like, this is disgusting. I don't know why you guys drink this. They're gonna hate it right away. Right. You gotta start them out like like you said, like a multi red. Yeah. Or or a porter, not even a stout, because sometimes stouts are just they're a little too stouts are a little intense as well. When you get sometimes, into, yeah, especially once you get up above that nine percent mark, yeah, you, you, and uh, you start getting some barrel notes in there at the you know eleven twelve percent. Yeah, and, yeah, you gotta you gotta start them out like a nice multi red, uh, a nice multi porter, or a um, Maybach. Like Dead Guy is a great mm-hmm. great beginner craft beer. Yep. Because it's not uh, it's not too different from a lager, but it's got some really good multi notes to it. Correct. Uh, dead guy, fat tire, fat tire. Um, people like fat tire. Like great entry levels to to craft beer. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of of New Belgium. They use that biscuit malt all the time that I'm yeah. not super thrilled about. Although I did have that 1985 uh, uh, Voodoo series. That that one's pretty mm-hmm. good. Actually, that's Does not it? bad at all. Yeah. I haven't had that one yet. It's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a huge New Belgian fan, but that one's that one's definitely right. worth it. Yep. Right. Nice. All right. A uh, little bit of gaming news. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, so what's the latest you can think of that you've ever gotten an update for a game? Man, it's for something something really old that just all of a sudden right. updated. That all of a sudden, like, here's a new update you can download. And not only like like a patch or a bug fix or something like that that broke it on a new operating system. Because right. I've I've had that like um, you know, a, a Windows XP game all of a sudden broke right. inside of Windows 10 and they say, Oh, it's the installer that's the problem. Here's a new installer exe. I know that uh, there's there's been a, a a huge batch of like updates to get some old uh Windows live uh games right they, they uh, removed the patch like that right fallout 3 got an update yeah. last year uh, yeah. to remove windows live integration and so did gta 4 gta yeah. 4 just got yeah. re-released was, a couple months a ago without, G- of those. without yeah. uh, windows live integrated yeah and i mean those are games from 2008 2009 yeah so that's a pretty old game that just recently got an update right that are but, you know 11 12 years old yeah 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 but that's usually about as far as it goes mm-hmm. um and and that's even a very rare circumstance and usually if there's something past that they just do a remastered version Right. Get another cash grab out of it. I bet you've never seen 21 years for an original no. release. No, no, not 21 years or original release. Not at all. Right. I mean, so, not, not an official release. I know that there's like fan patches that people fan put out. Fan patches. That's, there's, uh, there's, the crack, there. there's the cracked LucasArts yes. installer that you can install any LucasArts game and it replaces the 16-bit install, yep. install EXE. Yep. Yeah, there, there's stuff like that. But official from the source release yep. for a 21-year-old game. Worms Armageddon yes. just had a not only ma- massive update, but also new features added to the added game to it, by yeah. Team 17. Yeah. So the game originally released for Windows 98 first edition 
yep. has just been updated with new features, and you can it, download the patch today. And I, I think it's still one of my favorite Worms games. Oh, absolutely. Worms Armageddon is, is my favorite. And there's been several after that that are okay, but for some reason, I always go back to Worms Armageddon. I go back and forth between Armageddon and Worms 2. Yeah. Th- those are my okay, two Worms is Worms 2 is older, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Worms Armageddon started getting into the good multiplayer features, the mm-hmm. more diverse weaponry and stuff like that. The worms started to get more character to them and stuff like that. It was a lot of a lot of fun playing those games. Oh, you you know I went with the angry Scots voices. Oh yeah. Or I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> yeah. That that was my voice back. Yeah. I, I loved that. Um, but yeah, uh, technical enhancements, uh, technical patches, game fixes. Yeah. Uh, 370 bug fixes, 45 changes, and 61 new features in all. Yeah. I mean, this was not a small update. Like, a, hey, works on Windows 10 now. This was a yeah. little bit of modernization on the game. Yeah, and and completely free. So if you already owned it, yeah. Uh, apparently, it fixed wine compatibility as well, so it runs great in Proton. People nice. are saying in chat. Yeah, that's good because it is a popular game. Yep. In fact, I think I I played it a couple months ago. I just played it with somebody. Uh, I played, uh, Worms, uh, World Party. World Party? Uh, not long yeah. ago, yeah. No, I played, I played Armageddon. Yeah. Um. I need to fire Armageddon back up. Yeah. I, I think my daughter would love that one. Probably. I mean, yeah, it's a good little kid game too, because it's an easy concept to remember. Yeah. It's got some, some silly things to it, mm-hmm. right? You got, you get sheep that, super sheep that launches across and, mm-hmm. and they got cute little voices. Oh, fun. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, Old hand grenade. Yeah, exactly. So it's got some. It's got. It's got easy, easy to learn. Even little kids can play it, but hard to master. That even adults like like playing it. So right. Yeah. Great game and available in good old games. If you uh, yeah. if you feel the need, so go give them some support. I believe I have it on Steam. I think. I think I have it on both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I can't I can't keep track. of What else. Steve? What? Yeah. yeah. Come on now. Let me see. Arma. Mm-hmm. Arma 2. Arma, okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that's where I'm getting. There it is. Yeah. All right. Still, let me still check. installed. Let yeah. Patch is now live. Oh. Come on, Steam. Open up. You know what they really should do? Because, like, the the nice thing about Worms Armageddon too was was one of the first ones they've released where you can make your own maps. You can put your own background maps and stuff like Sorry, that. Sorry, I don't have Armageddon on Good Old Games. I have Worms Two and Worms World Party. Oh okay. Uh, on, on Good Old Games. And I have Armageddon on Steam. Okay. Alright. So that was close. Close. That was close. I think I got the Worms uh pack on Steam. I think point. I might have gotten that too, because I think I have I have quite a few Worms games and Armageddon Blast. Crazy Golf, Pinball. Yeah, I've got Armageddon, Revolution, Crazy Golf, Ultimate Pinball, WB. Reloaded Revolution, Ultimate Mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. WMB. Sounds familiar. Yeah, probably. I probably got that back. That sounds like a Team 17 variety pack. Yeah. <laughs> probably. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, can I not see the picture? Okay, there are pictures of it. Good. Um, <laughs> speaking of 2020 and... Yep. Uh, Man, is correct me if I'm wrong. Is this July the longest year on record? Uh, July is, is a month, but it does feel like a year. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind of what I meant. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, it seems yeah, to just eke by. Like June went by like this. Right. July seems to be dragging on. There was a Reddit post yesterday about let me jumpstart August, and it was uh, someone holding a gremlin under a sink. <laughs> a yeah, mog- I, think I, I think I saw that one. Had yeah. a mogway under underwater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just get this. Let's just get this over with. Just get it going. Yep. Because what's next? I mean, we've already been through murder hornets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted more murder in my Hornets, actually. I didn't get right. that much murder. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that yeah. ended without the bang that I expected. Yeah, there was no... Where the there... heck are they? <laughs> that was a letdown of a crisis. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so a lot of people are kind of feeling the same way, and they're just wanting the simulation to end. Right. Well, apparently in Los Angeles, you might be able to have the controls to do that, as people are taking... Uh, park refuse bins and converting them into holodeck control panels. <laughs> the LCARS. Computer and simulation, please. Basically. Uh, dang it. Where'd it go? There was there was a picture. Oh, there it is. Okay. No. There it is. So, let's see if I can zoom in on this. The holodeck control settings. Yeah. So, they printed out some LCARS decals and they're slapping them onto trash cans around Los Angeles. <laughs> Which I think is just wonderful. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, someone else found one somewhere else. But yeah, they're just printing them out and slapping them on to, uh, to garbage cans. Yep. And I, I think I'm not alone in just saying, can we just end this year? Can we just make this one be over? Computer end program, please. <laughs> Just uh, you just got to start yourself a, a nice coma-inducing service to be like, <laughs> right. I'll put you in a coma right now, and you know, New Year's 2021, I'll, I'll wake you back up. You'll be right. fine. You just start right. a whole new year. You could you just forget this ever happened. There's like a reset button for you. Where did Fry fall into the cryogenic sleep? What what company was that? Uh, what, what company? Yeah. <sighs> I'm sure it was so generic, like Cryotech or something like that. I don't remember. Cryotech or Cryogenesis Labs. Or... Yeah, something like that. I mean, they only had like three or four episodes around it, so you'd think it'd be memorable, but I guess it's not. Cryogenic Labs? Well, Cryogenic Wait. Labs is actually a company. Okay. Um... Yeah. Uh, applied cryogenics. Applied. Okay. I was close. Yep. Yep. I had okay. it with cryogenics. I was that close. Applied cryogenics. Yeah, I got it right here too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, if they started up, I'd seriously consider it. Just a little, just a little cryogenic nap. Just take me to 2022. Yeah, just let me talk me out for a bit. Is DDR5 out yet? Put me back in. Mm-hmm. You can, you can just you know periodically re-release your 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 old videos just to keep the channel going is intel on seven nanometer yet (laughs) (laughs) there you just yeah you just you just talk about intel chips and then you just like dub over the you know the same specs over and over and over again yeah just pull up wikipedia and look at intel's page and see if there's anything below 14 yeah there you go 14 plus 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 yep and last but not least, uh, some breaking news as of today. Uh, that Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm, uh, a la Disney, 
has left Lucasfilm to join J.J. Abrams' production company, Bad Robot. Now, this is, this is to be fair, this is rumored. Rumored. Very, rumored. very much rumored. Very much rumored. Right. Um, but, but two very big rumors. Kathleen Kennedy has reportedly left, left Lucasfilm to join J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot production company as one of his directors. Um, or producers or what have you. Uh, and reportedly, George Lucas himself will be rejoining Lucasfilm. Yep. He'll be, he'll be help. The rumor is that he'll be helming the next three Star Wars movies. Right. Rumored. Rumored. Um, when you find the guy's name who reported on this rumor, it kind of does not make you have that much confidence in the validity of the rumor, but. Uh, a lot of places are reporting that this is a thing, so it could right. actually be a thing. This this would be big news, and so I don't. Oh, this is kind of nowhere. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't fault people for saying someone is saying this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that said, it's single source at this point. I have not seen dual sources cited anywhere. Right. Um, the only sources I've seen is this other website said this one source said it. Yeah. Um, and so this is kind of a story that's spreading like wildfire and spreading rather quickly with, well, some guy on Twitter with like 13 followers said that George Lucas is coming back and Kathleen Kennedy quit. Well, okay. To be fair, the, the person who is reporting it was the same guy who leaked the plot to um, The Last Jedi or The Last uh, uh, Skywalker. Yeah, and he was he was correct. Skywalker. Yeah, right. he was the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, he, and he was correct. Right. That all, all the leaks that he had end up panning out. Right. Um. So there's a little bit of validity to this, uh, because of that. But he he could just be riding on the coattails of his, you know, his first win. So who Very knows? Much could be. Um. But what but do you yeah. think about George Lucas coming back to Star Wars? Okay. Um. We there was a bit of chat on this on the Discord. And there's a... I will say, he has a 50% record, which is better than anyone else at the helm. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, and there's, there was, a, and I, I agree with this kind of sentiment that he does best when he's not surrounded by yes men. Yes men. Just, just like, right. oh yeah, George, that's that's great, George. Yeah, just, it's a great that's, idea. That's, that's of course cool. we should have Brilliant, an animated George. R2-D2 oh, that flies. Genius, genius, George, genius. No, he needs someone to reel George him George R is in. not racist yeah. at all. His his best work is when he collabed with, with other editors and other directors spielberg spielberg yes that's right. that's his that's his best work right there right. when he's reeled in george is a phenomenal writer and not a great visionary as far as what translates from the pen and paper to on screen right yeah um he has he has beautiful visions in his head of the world mm -hmm. that he wants to be mm -hmm. but he's the visionary that needs to hand it to someone else to make it a reality right and uh and for years, he surrounded himself with that kind of talent. The problem is when the sequels came around, um, or the prequels came around, excuse me, yeah, um, in, in the 90s, and the reimagined Star Wars, he could do no wrong. And so he, everyone around him was like, oh, yes, George, that's a phenomenal idea. Why didn't yeah. we think of that the first time around? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. should totally you know, re-release the Jabba the Hutt yeah, of course. In, in, uh, in Mos Eisley. Yeah. Why shouldn't Han have shot first? Yeah. <laughs> I know. So... Yeah. So yeah. all, all these, yeah. Um, so he writes a great story. He he has a great imagination for 
for the universe. Yeah. But he also needs to hand it off to creatives to actually develop that story into something that can make a screenplay. Right. And, and that's kind of why I think this, if he does take over the helm, I don't think he'll be taking too much of a lead in this. He's, he's getting up there. He's like, what, 70 something now? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So it would probably behoove he him. He produced to just... American Graffiti. I think that's how old yes, you need to play Yes. Yes. And American Graffiti was a great movie. It was a great I movie. Mean, I loved it. That's, yeah, Harrison Ford was in there. Right. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, but but he's he's probably getting up there. He probably will delegate a lot more, I would think, um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe not micromanage as much. Right. I would hope. If and he it, George Lucas is one of those people that if he could get out of his own way and understand he's not the smartest person in the room when it comes right. to every aspect, yeah, he can work wonders. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But he needs someone who is also great, like a Spielberg or, you know, put J.J. Abrams beside him and see what kind of magic can come out of that. Well, I would I would like more uh, like John Favreau, who did The Mandalorian, which I thought yes. was excellent. Yes. The Mandalorian was is probably my favorite series in the last couple of years. Right. It was it was entertaining. It was had that great sci fi um you know, punch to it, but it felt relatable and stuff like that. Good characters, um, just just excellent. Right. So if if practical can, effects, practical effects, yeah, something that looked that looked. That, it was the first time it felt like Star Wars in a long time. Right. It was when I watched the Mandalorian. Right. Uh, Rogue One is the one that did that for me, and and Mandalorian mm-hmm. is is in the ilk of Rogue One as I, as far as I'm concerned. I have to go back to Rogue One because when I watched it the first time, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't. I, have you have you watched it a second time since? I haven't. Um, okay. I, and I, I, I would I, go back to it with a little bit of an open mind. Yeah. Um, because it it relied a lot more on practical effects. Mm-hmm. It is much more. Um, it reminds me a lot more of the original trilogy yeah. than anything else ever has. Okay. Um, and it was better choreographed than the original trilogy was and and better effects without li- without relying completely on mm-hmm. CGI to to make C3PO fall into a smelter. Right. And, right, and that yeah. kind of crap. You know, but, um so the, the, I the loved thing, it. Okay, the thing that turned me off the most about And the Rogue characters One, were great. Well, that was the thing I was telling you is like is like right away um and I understand it's a sta- it's a standalone movie mm-hmm. and they immediately threw in a ton of characters at you. Mhm that didn't give you much time for character development and didn't give you much time to really care about them. And, and before the movie even started, I already knew they were all going to die. Right. Cause you, you, you know what the story's about. Right. So you're like, many boffins died to bring us this many information. Boffins, exactly. Mon this, says it in yes, the first, in the very first, first movie. Yes. Video. So you knew this is, this is the story behind her phrase, right. how they got the plans of the Death Star. That's what the movie's about. Uh, and so like, I'm like, okay, I know, these characters are going to die but like immediately i just don't care about them right and so it kind of turned me off to the whole rest of the movie um and to be honest i i I think i fell asleep in the middle of it the first time i watched it second time i kind of like half-heartedly watched it so maybe i have to go back through and sit down and actually concentrate and watch it i might like it a little bit more yeah but i i will say it's kind of slow it reminds me a lot of empire in that Mm -hmm. there's some little bit more drawn out than there needs to be a little bit more character development 
and and I'm one who really likes character development. I oh, want to see no, I, I want to see people grow and evolve. But and, when and you I, only have two and a half hours yeah, to develop exactly. nine characters, I, yeah, I understand. And that's the thing that, that that's what makes it very hard is they they throw in a lot of characters at once. And you only have so much time to do it. The audience, you know, they can't. They're not going to sit through a four-hour Star Wars movie. I mean, maybe they might if it's an extended version. Some... And yeah, you're right. Many Bothans died was from Return of the Jedi in reference to the Death Star two with Mon Mothma. You know, doing the uh, the thing with uh, Admiral Akbar. You're right. I quoted the wrong movie. The point yeah. remains the same. Right. It was yeah. Um, but but yeah. No, that's where the origin of the movie came from. But yeah, I, I I'll I'll go back and watch it again. Yeah. I mean, it's got it's got some actors in there I really like. So. Mm-hmm. I just I just couldn't get into it when I first watched it, so yep. it kind of turned me off to the whole. But no, thing. I I really enjoyed it. Okay, but yeah, I I think we're in agreement. I I would appreciate George Lucas back in the fold of Star Wars, so long as not he is not in charge of it entirely. Yeah, and that that's the it's thing. not just a bunch of people blowing smoke up his ass again because right. the prequels they told a good story. Overall, the prequels told a good story. Um, the dialogue was horrible. The, the acting, the acting was horrible. Well, I mean, the acting was horrible and wooden. The dialogue was even worse. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's what George was asking of the right. actors. Yes. Um, and so you can't place all of that. But if you look at the story and how it unfolded, it's not yeah. a bad story. He he tried to get, like, just from Phantom Menace. He tried to get really in depth and political and stuff that mm-hmm. he was he was showing some kind of movements of stuff was going on and how it all happened and i i kind of appreciate it but i got lost in the weeds quite a bit i mean there's like four or five layers especially when you look at like attack of the clones right um of, well, of deception going on well one of my favorite things about okay so let me ask you this question phantom menace phantom menace uh-huh. who was the protagonist in phantom menace uh on the outset, you would probably say Darth Maul, but I think you have to say we Darth, don't know. Darth Maul is the protagonist. No, he's the, he's the antagonist. The protagonist. Antag- excuse me, protagonist. Yes, the protagonist. Um, the problem, yeah, it really yeah, okay, doesn't. So like have the first, one. the first Star Wars, immediately you know Luke Skywalker is the protagonist. Is, he is, shows yeah, up, right. like yeah. at, right after, right after the opening thing. He's, okay, right. Luke Skywalker is a protagonist. I, I is it is it, Gwycon? Is it, is it is it Obi Wan? But Obi Wan doesn't do much in that movie. And is it Anakin? But he doesn't show up until like if if you had to call done. someone, it would be Qui Gon because the story either follows. Qui-Gon, you yeah. know, he's he's one of the first lines that you see. Yeah. Uh, you know, negotiations will be short, my young mm-hmm. Padawan, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's either scenes with him um, or it's scenes with, you know, uh, Padme and, and the Resistance until right. they meet up and get together. Um, and then it's, and then it's Qui-Gon. Uh, yeah. So I guess it's Qui-Gon. I guess it's Qui-Gon, but he's not a very developed protagonist and he dies at right. the end obviously right. so i mean like it, it, it he I, I know what you're saying where he has this overarching story that he wants to see but as individual he, movies it doesn't really work that great right um and he and he does he he, he trips over himself trying to get into um the details of everything too much yeah. and just and just loses everything else so i don't mm-hmm. know um yeah Maybe yeah. maybe Jar Jar Binks was the protagonist. I don't know. 
No, he's the ultimate antagonist. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think I think I remember seeing some kind I, of article. I so wanted Darth Jar Jar. About, yeah, I wanted this. I think there was some kind of either Misa back. It was a video or something like that where someone Misa was trying angry. to trying to trying to suss out that that you know Jar Jar was the real evil in the mm-hmm. in the whole series or something like that. Yeah, that came out a couple of years ago. That Darth, yeah. that Jar Jar was actually the emperor. Yeah. The, yeah. That would make it much more interesting, actually. I'd probably like that a lot more. I would have more appreciation to the prequels if that's what actually happened. Yeah, yeah Darth Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Greedo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That should they should have like maybe maybe season two of The Mandalorian, they'll have a play date with Baby Greedo and Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That'd be great. Ba- Baby Baby Yoda will poop first i don't know i don't know <laughs> whatever whatever babies do first yeah all right it is 10 after the hour i think that's gonna it is for the show it is this beer did not get any worse at all no i know and i'm surprised we usually get through three we only got through two i know i kind of sipped it slow this one's a sipper this one's very much a yeah. sipper. um this is not one you slam down this is not one you drink quickly or gulp this mm-hmm. is very much uh, the flavors are very very rich. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's it's cardamom and German esters and a yeah. little bit of cinnamon and vanilla, all on top of like a really good malty base. Yeah. So in my check-in, because I went and looked at my check-in for Untapped, I said it tasted like bubblegum. Like it had a really good, like bubblegummy flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can kind of see that. Uh, I'm getting more of the cardamom, but I think that's because I use cardamom bitters and mixing quite a bit. Oh, there you go. So you really um, pick it out. And so I, I really am able to just, you know, grab that out of the mm-hmm. weeds. But, mm-hmm. but no, I, I can totally see bubblegum. Yeah. But delicious. Anyway, All right. This has been a great show. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on episode 142 of Talking Heads every Wednesday mm-hmm. night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Follow Steve for the Alliance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you really need to read all the all the follow Steve for <laughs> that I put down in the yeah. descriptions. The, the only thing you could probably consistently follow me on is my Steam account, probably. <laughs> yep. El Polo Diablo. It says it right above him. Yeah. That's where you'll find him. Yeah. Uh, if you like what we do and you want to become a part of it, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description below. It gets you exclusive access to the Discord server for as little as $1 a month. Uh, where else can you hang out with myself and everyone else on Talking Heads? Yep. That's right. Even even Tom Lawrence is on my Discord. Yeah, he's so. there. He pops yep. his head in once in a while. Yep. So. Yeah, the Patreon is great. It's a good time, uh, ever growing. Uh, I think we just crossed 300 members in the in the Discord, yep. and uh, man, it's a great, great community. Yes, and, and, we, and I'm and not we, just saying that; it's genuinely a great community. And and we do uh, tend to have like after the stream, we tend to have like a, a little after party on there, um, yep. a little chat, a little just so, uh, informal discussion. It's always join fun. the join the Patreon. We'll be in video chat in the after show on the Discord, but you have to be a member of the Patreon to get in there. And mm-hmm. it's first 25 come, first 25 serve. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, Discord still hasn't upped the video chat limits yet. So yeah. uh, we did do a Discord-wide Zoom meeting one time, though. That was kind of fun. That was that was that was crazy. <laughs> anyway, if you're thinking about joining that, 
Check the link down in the video description. Thank you all so much for watching every mm -hmm. week as you always do. And uh, we'll see you in the next video. See you guys. Cheers, all.